You don't have to avoid exercise completely in the evenings. Individuals may vary, Mm. but the data does not support the fact that doing some exercise in the evening is going to adversely impact your sleep. Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. And I'm Sarah, I'm a GP, I work in fertility and women's health. And we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Now, if I sound a little bit overexcited <laughs> today, that is because we are back in the studio, we are back yes. together for the first time since, when was it? I think it was like June 2021 so or like, something. Practically 12 months. Yes. Thank you very much, pandemic. <laughs> yes, we are doing this face to face. I can see your glorious face I right now. I can see your face. I also, it helps me know when to shut the fuck up so I don't talk <laughs> over you. And vice versa, my love. <laughs> vice versa. Oh, it's so good to see your face. Uh, <laughs> I know. I saw your beautiful face on Saturday. But I still, know, but you still, know, like, do this in person. I literally yeah. can't see your face enough. So we are good. We yes. are good. Yes. Look, last episode we had uh, completely... Lost the plot. <laughs> we had lost our exercise habit. It was shot to shit. Um, which, you know, let's let's backtrack a little bit and, and remind ourselves that that mm-hmm. is a completely normal thing that, that happens to all of us, even mm. the best of us. Tis not a failure. <laughs> Tis just the realities of our very busy lives. Life, yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, as we get back into the swing of things, one thing that's really important for good health and well-being is getting good sleep. Absolutely. So today we're going to have a look at how exercise can affect your sleep. Does it make you sleep better? How can we improve our sleep? Yes, Sarah, why is sleep important? Well, (laughs) (laughs) where do I begin? (laughs) One thing that I say repetitively to patients is that sleep deprivation is a form of torture. Really? (laughs) Yes. So when, when patients are consistently getting poor sleep, they're consistently having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or they're not feeling refreshed after sleep, it's problematic. So sleep is involved in the restoration of the building blocks of the human body, such as your proteins and facilitating learning and memory, and also in energy conservation. So Mm -hmm. if you are feeling pretty wiped out, you might not be getting enough sleep and, and looking after all of those nighttime processes. In fact, there are several studies that have shown that insufficient sleep can have a dramatic impact on a whole bunch of health metrics. It can increase your chances of developing type 2 diabetes, developing heart disease, developing insulin resistance, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in this podcast for the the last year. All the good stuff that we want to avoid. (laughs) Yeah, and and ultimately it can affect your life expectancy. So this is not just about feeling a little brighter in the morning. This is about making sure that you live a healthy life. So the frequency of people reporting symptoms of insomnia ranges between about 30 to 48%, depending on which studies you look at. That's huge. As I said, look, insomnia can mean different things to different people. Some people, it's difficulty falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Others, it might be early morning waking, so waking up before they they need. Or people that say, oh, look, I got eight hours last night, but I just don't feel refreshed at all. So these are all different forms of insomnia. That's amazing because I always assumed insomnia is like, um, you know, 
the, I have the image in my mind of somebody sitting up at three o'clock in the morning, just wide awake, mm. cannot sleep, you know. But yeah, but and what, that's definitely and that's that, definitely it. Obviously, that's definitely one of them. That's definitely one of them. But it's interesting that it doesn't have to be as extreme as that seems. That's right. In yeah. order to be counted as insomnia. Correct. Correct. Whilst the mechanisms aren't entirely clear about how exercise helps to improve our sleep, it has definitely been proven that it does help. Yeah, that's so interesting because I remember listening to that Huberman Lab episode mm. and I think it was when he was talking to Dr. Samir Hattar and yes. um, they were talking about sleep and the fact that most scientists don't actually know why humans need so much sleep, yeah. like why we need to actually turn the systems off and power mm-hmm. down for so long. So it's interesting that we also don't really know <laughs> why it is that exercise is so important for yeah. good sleep. Well, exactly by what mechanisms mm. getting some daily exercise helps to improve your sleep. Mm. But what we know is that it it definitely does. <laughs> it definitely helps. We're just not sure exactly how. Um, look, there's a few there's a few theories on this. Um, one of the theories that I think actually was discussed in that particular episode is about the changes that exercise can have on your core temperature, your, your core body temperature. Right. So during exercise, your body increases its temperature, and then afterwards, your body temperature will drop again. And this seems to mimic what happens just before you fall asleep. So we tend to be a bit warmer before bed yep. and then we get a drop in body temperature that helps us to sort of facilitate ongoing ongoing sleep. Yep. So again, you know, what's the best time to exercise? We'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> but perhaps one of the mechanisms is via the way that, that temperature is involved and exercise, temperature, sleep, we know they're all linked but we're not entirely not sure, sure why. Yet. Yet. <laughs> but what I'm do sure. we always Don't... say? More studies are needed. (laughs) Look, another theory is that exercise is good for our mental health. Mm. So if you are someone that struggles with anxiety or depression and you are exercising regularly, we know that that's going to have a positive impact on your mental health. So if you're not tossing and turning, you're thinking less anxious thoughts, you're worrying less, you're stressing less, then in theory that will also have a positive impact on your sleep. Yeah. And again... I feel like we're repeating ourselves here, Mr. Huberman. Um, <laughs> but exercise, we know, can help to realign our body clock. Yes. So we talk a lot about getting your early morning sunshine, but we know that exercising at sort of a consistent time or what we deem to be the best time for us mm-hmm. can also have an impact on our circadian rhythm mm-hmm. and therefore help us to get into better sleep patterns on a more consistent basis. Yeah, and that's, I guess, again, in that Huberman Lab podcast episode about light and the importance of light um, and making sure that you are exercising at the time that is uh, the best for you. And the way to do that is to kind of set your circadian clock. And then uh, Huberman says that the the best time then to exercise for you is when you feel most alert. Yeah. Although, depending on when that is, that might not be at the most convenient time. Because if I'm, like, super alert at 11 a.m., it's like, well, that's cool. i I got some shit to do right now. I can't just, like, pop off for a walk. Sorry I can't attend this meeting, boss. uh... It is my optimal time for exercise. (laughs) It's really going to have a positive impact on my mental health and my circadian rhythm. So it's actually in your best interests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And my sleep. And my sleep. If you want me to sleep well tonight, mate, let me uh, pop off for some Pilates. I think that the interesting thing, though, is now that we're in a phase post-pandemic, can we call it post-pandemic yet? I don't know. In a post-COVID yes. world. Yep. 
In a post-COVID world, you know, where lots of companies are looking at uh, more flexible work arrangements and, and, you know, looking at working from home as a more long-term thing now, not just a, you know, short-term, get us through this. Get us out of jail. Get us out of jail. It would be very interesting, I think, for companies who actually give a shit about their employees Mm -hmm. to actually start looking at some of this stuff and go, well, actually, if I want my employee to do the best that they can possibly do Mm. when they're at work, you know, are there things that I can help them with in order to you know, tune into their biology to help them. Sarah is a morning person. Yes. Maybe we'll try and get the most important tasks on her to-do list in the first half of the day. Yeah, or if if, if Gab's optimal time of exercising is a lunchtime walk, maybe, you know, we make sure that that's something that we can actually cater for because, Mm. you know, whether it means them working a little bit longer in the afternoon or working a little bit earlier at the start of the day to cater for that time, yeah, d- do we all need to be chained to the desk anyway? Well, that tangents, tangents, tangents. But, but it is interesting. It is. I think it. I think it's really interesting. And especially I think when you look at what, the, what, what was the thirty to forty-eight percent yeah. in the general population insomnia? Only, only just under half the population <laughs> struggling with sleep. Like yeah, I think yeah. we need to do some, you know, real deep thinking about how we can improve some of these metrics. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, I interrupted. No, no, not at all. There are also indirect ways that exercise can have a positive impact on our sleep. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I was thinking about this morning was obstructive sleep apnea. Ooh. Mm -hmm. There is a condition called obstructive sleep apnea, uh, which can result in periods when a person stops breathing during their sleep. It's pretty bloody terrifying, Mm. particularly if you sleep next Next to to somebody. With obstructive sleep apnea. Yeah, because not only are you waking up because of their snoring, you're also then terrified that they're not going to kick back in and start breathing again. Exactly, exactly. So if you've ever slept next to someone with OSA, you typically hear kind of this... um, this Like a long regular. That's it. So, <laughs> so this is not just people that are snoring, but typically it's it's more common in snorers. But they will kind of snore, snore, snore. There'll be a bit of a crescendo, and then there will be a pause, which is called an apnea. Right. That's the apnea. That's the apnea. And then, with any luck, <laughs> they, they bounce. They kick back in. They bounce back into action. Yep. Uh, look, what we know is that about sixty percent of people with obstructive sleep apnea are obese. Mm-hmm. And whilst we say it every day, every episode, this is not a podcast about exercising purely to lose weight, mm-hmm. but if you have obesity-related health problems, then exercise is absolutely going to be a part of that solution. Mm-hmm. So we know that people with OSA, if they are exercising more regularly, if they're able to reduce their obesity, they will typically improve the number of apneas or reduce the number of apneas that they're having each night. And that has a profound effect on how well they're sleeping. Yeah, because isn't it like it's a life expectancy thing as well? Even if you oh, happen to not have any of the complications like ab- type 2 diabetes or heart disease. Absolutely. It, is, it, will, it yeah. also is still like getting good sleep also <laughs> makes you live longer. Yes. Okay. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> In a nutshell. In a, that's it. I think so far we can, the, the big takeaways here are getting more sleep helps you live longer. Yeah. Sleep deprivation is a form of torture. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. It really is. Oh, okay, so obstructive sleep apnea, 
not good, obviously, and um, exercise being one of the solutions to uh, reducing that if it is weight-related. Yeah, if you're one of the 60% of people with obstructive sleep apnea for whom obesity is a risk factor. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? All right. <laughs> I got one of your favorites. Yes, 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 yes. B-D-N-F. All right. <laughs> for those of us just, for those of you just joining the uh, Women Like You podcast for the first time, uh, we did. We are and, not insane. <laughs> well, that's 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 debatable. Um, but we uh, we we did an episode a little while ago where we talked about neurochemicals, and one of the chemicals that we discussed was something called BDNF. Which BDNF. Yes, sorry. Gab thought sounded like some kind of a German, like a German underground hardcore <laughs> house house club or something like that. But in fact, it is brain derived neurotrophic factor. So we can think of this almost as being like a fertilizer for your brain. Good. So like this stuff is this stuff is good. Yes. We want more BDNF in our lives. Well, we want more fertilizer for sure. Absolutely. And we get more fertilizer by exercising. So we know we we already We've established about this yet. I've already forgotten it though. I'm, not, I'm clearly not fertilizing <laughs> enough. <laughs> <sighs> I do listen to you. I do I do retain the things that you tell us every single week. I promise. But there's just a lot of data dumps that happen and sometimes Oh my god. I'm <laughs> I'm the queen of data dumping. I forget whole movies that I've seen and, and then I could be even watching them again. And I can get to the three-quarter three quarter mark and I'll be like, oh hang on. <laughs> Is this the one? Does this end with a such and yeah, yeah. But I've watched whole films where I've seen it all and I watch the whole thing again and go, yep. Yep. So you need, <laughs> you need more need sleep. More. <laughs> you need more of this brain fertilizer, the old uh, BDNF. Yeah. Um, and look, whilst we don't, again, this is a more studies are needed part of the conversation. Look, it's not been established if BDNF directly alters sleep quality or not. Mm-hmm. However, the antidepressant effects of exercise have recently been quite well studied and improved mood mm. has been attributed to increases in this BDNF hormone. So... Although we don't have the, you know, the hard evidence for this yet, one of the potential mechanisms by which exercise is improving your sleep is via that neurochemical pathway and that BDNF production. Neurochemical pathway. You're a neurochemical pathway. (laughs) BDNF. Yes. This is awesome. Okay. So you mentioned this a little bit before then in terms of body temperature and the way that exercising also sort of what happens with your body temperature when you exercise mimics kind of what happens to you Mm. when you go to sleep. Yep. Uh, What impact does exercise have if you work out before bed? Yeah. So I had always been of the opinion that exercising too close to bedtime and, and I would always tell patients like don't exercise, you know, within three hours of going to bed. Yep was going to have an adverse effect by increasing your body temperature at a time where you want to be starting to move, you know, shift things in the other direction. Yep. But there was a recent meta-analysis in the Journal of Sports Medicine that has me rethinking this advice. Look, overall, their analysis of the studies reviewed did not support the hypothesis that evening exercise negatively affected sleep. Oh. In fact, kind of the opposite. However, they did say that sleep onset latency, which essentially means how long it takes you to fall asleep, total sleep time and sleep efficiency. So they're kind of all of those things that we were talking about earlier when... Like when how well you're sleeping. How well, yeah, yeah. yeah. How long it takes you to get to sleep. How well you're sleeping. Fancy medical words for yeah. 
did you get did you get some good shut eye? <laughs> and um, how long was it for? <laughs> <laughs> Look, these may be impaired if you engage in like really vigorous exercise an hour before bed. Right. With, within that one hour before you plan to go to sleep. Okay. So I kind of read that and I went, that's cool. That's just never going to apply to me. <laughs> There's no way I'm doing vigorous intensity exercise immediately before I go to bed. No, I mean, you, you are a, a massive early morning person as well, though. So <laughs> and in, an early, early to bed lady. And an early to bed because of that. Yeah. And I, but I do wonder, though, if, you know, for, for mums listening, if there might it might be a situation for a lot of mums where the only time in the day to do exercise mm. is actually quite late at night because the mornings are out, yeah. they're just a mess, and realistically it's only after the, you know, the, the dinner bed, yeah. dinner bath bed, um, you know, routine that in the routine. evening. The dinner bath actually, bed routine. Yeah, you actually get to sit down yeah, and yeah. go, okay, well, I've got some me time, you know, and yeah. of course we all just then feel like, you know, getting into a hit session. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would suggest that if uh, if you were to use that time to to go for a walk or do some yoga or do something that's not that really because we're talking high intensity right right so don't so do a 45 minute hit session in front of the tv no at 10 p.m not if you want to be asleep by 11 okay. p.m cool 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 yeah, yeah but a bit of yoga yeah, a walk, yeah. yeah so this is this is what this meta-analysis showed was that it's you don't have to avoid exercise completely in the evenings it's not necessarily look individuals may vary mm. but it the data does not support the fact that doing some exercise in the evening is going to adversely impact your sleep. Yes. I mean, I'm never exercising in the evening. But you I know, was like say, I- <laughs> this just does not apply to me whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just one of those people who, like, when I'm done with work for the day, uh, and I apologize to to parents, you know, this it's a to- it's a different it's a different life. But like yeah. when I'm done for the work with work for the day, then it's like, okay, I need to eat something and then I need to find some time to like actually relax and do something mm. enjoyable with yeah. my evening yeah. and then go to bed, you know, hopefully not too late so that I don't feel like absolute shit tomorrow. Yeah. I just I never it never worked for me signing up to like post work classes no, or going no. to the gym after work. No. I just never did it. There was I'd be hungry. Particularly and tired. If, yeah. <laughs> And particularly if I had to go home first and then no, like I was like, leaving. say it was like a seven o'clock <laughs> no. seven o'clock yoga session or something yeah, at yeah. the at the gym and you'd get home at six thirty so that you could get changed and I was just like, nah. There was a gym that I uh, belonged to, was a member of uh, for a short time, obviously, pre-pandemic. Pre, pre <laughs> um, it had the option. It was actually, you know, if you were a gym person, this was a really great service. They they had a brilliant app and all of their classes were on this app mm. and the cl- you had to actually um, book a place yeah, in yeah, the yeah. class. And my, was- my old gym that I frequented infrequently. <laughs> Um, was, yeah, it was the same. Yeah, and I yeah. thought it was brilliant because it, it meant that you were never going to be in a class stuffed with, like, too many, too many. people and not have enough space, you yeah. know, to, like, do a kick out or something like that or or get get <laughs> gear, you know, the right gear or whatever. Um, but you, you, you had to give them enough notice if you wanted to cancel. There was no... The problem for me was there was no, uh, what's the word I'm after, punishment. Oh, there if was you, at my gym. Oh, well, no, yeah, for yeah. mine, there was no punishment if you cancelled, just as so long as you did cancel because then it allowed other people to pop in because there was a waiting list option. Yeah. And so then if if I pulled out, then the next yeah. person on the waiting list could pop in. Uh, mine was so, more punitive than that. Oh. <laughs> mine was uh, that if you if you didn't cancel your spot within like half an hour before the, before the class started, yep. if you did that like more than 
twice or three times or something, then you were locked out <gasps> from. You could still attend a class and see if there was a spot for you, but you couldn't use the booking system to, to save yourself a spot. So, <laughs> so I think I got punished for like not rocking up a few times and it just had the absolute opposite effect on me to, to what I think that yeah, they were it's hoping. Not a, it's not a motivation no, to then like make just, sure that you go. No, no, then I was just like, I'll oh, just never you. go again. That's all right. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble at my you gym and I hate this. It's good. I'll, I'll keep paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep paying. paying. Keep taking my money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Like mine had no punishment whatsoever. So I would just, yeah, I'd be like, nah. Yeah, I'll book nah. this one, yeah, yeah, that I'd one, that one. Book yeah. a whole week <laughs> of, can- of, of classes and then I'd be like, nah, cancel, 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 cancel. Anyway, we've gone. We digress. We do. All right. So that's really interesting, though, and it's very positive that. You know, so long as it's not too close to bed and so long as it's not super high intensity so that you're raising your body temperature too high, mm. um, you can actually so do... So maybe don't do, like, Bikram yoga yes. in a half an hour before bed. Ooh, Bikram. Um, I've never done... I don't know if I have. I don't know. What? What? We'll, we'll talk Ooh. about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is It is also good to know that you can do it in the evening and you mm. won't adversely yes. affect your sleep. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. And I think you have well and truly proven multiple reasons why... Exercise is good for good sleep. Yes. And don't we all want to sleep a bit yes. better? Oh, I mean, I'm a champion sleeper when I get to sleep. Oh, but... me too. <laughs> me too. I do. I feel like I feel sorry for the 30 to 48% of people that have sleep apnea. Or, or the, yeah. Oh, the, sorry, insomnia. Just my, the insomnia. The insomnia. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. My apologies. Sleep apnea is more like, was it like 60%? I don't know. Uh, that was, <laughs> yeah. That was 60% of. People with sleep apnea, it's attributable to them being obese. Look at you, doctor, whereas all my all my numbers have already jumbled. Uh, that's awesome. Well, you know, it, it, speaking of if you want to exercise before bed, I do have a few recommendations. Um, there's a few Yoga with Adrian yoga, uh, what, is she, what are they, videos, I suppose, they're, yeah. <laughs> sessions, whatever you want to call them, free on YouTube uh, that are specifically for bedtime. And I've tried one of them because, you know, when I did my 100 days of exercise yes. in the initial phases of us developing our exercise habit and sticking to it. One of those days, I'm not going to lie, one of my 100 days was I had not had time to do anything until 10 p.m. at night and I didn't want to break the 100 days so badly that I found this 20-minute yoga with Adrian bedtime yoga Mm -hmm. that I did it in the dark. Obviously, just had the, you know, the the session on the yeah, screen yeah. and the turn the lights off, did it in the dark. I believe you need pillows and a blanket. Uh, there are like <laughs> neck rolls and foot massages and, oh, my goodness, it was like, I mean, it was probably a bit ambitious for me to count that as exercise for the day and continue my 100 days in, in a row streak, but no. I did it anyway. <laughs> I took the credit for it. Firstly, it definitely counts. <laughs> and secondly, I'm surprised you just didn't fall asleep in the middle of it. I it was delightful. And to be Sounds honest... it's kind of romantic. Yeah, it really does put your body in that wind-down yeah. mode. She does have shorter options if you don't want to do the full 20. Did you light um, yourself a little candle, well, pour you yourself could. a little glass of vino? You totally could. So there's a 12-minute wind-down, there's a 7-minute bedtime yoga, um, you know, lots of cat-cows stretching and floor work. You're basically on the floor the whole time. I'll put the links to these mm. in the show notes. I highly recommend. Even, you know, if you are someone who struggles with the getting to sleep part, yeah. which yeah. is most of us, especially with life and things yeah. and pandemic that and stress and anxiety. Insomnia. Yeah, yeah, where you're just like, fuck, 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 so many things to yeah. you know, think about and I don't want to forget this for tomorrow. Um, I highly recommend doing one of these bedtime yoga sessions uh, and, and especially, yeah, with the lights off, light a yeah. candle, have a, you know, just by the lamplight. Absolutely. Give it a crack. Oh, loved it. Good stuff. Totally counts. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you for listening and sharing our little pod. I know I ask you this every week, but if you can take a little screenshot of where you are listening to us and post that on your socials, we would be so, so grateful. Yes, thank you so much uh, for your support as always. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And, uh, I mean, can I just, before we tease next week, can I just say it is so <laughs> awesome being back in here with it you face to face. It is. I know. Look, there's only one thing that I miss about doing the podcast from home, and that's having my little furry friend with me. I was going to say, Woody. <laughs> 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 but, little Woody in the background. But Woody will be very happy. I've got treats in my handbag for when I get home. Yeah. It has been glorious to do this in the real, in flesh with you. Yes. Okay. And, you know, um, without the delightful plane noises or motorbikes steaming by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty quiet. It's pretty chill in here. <laughs> I can hear my own thoughts. <laughs> All right, next week, my brother Adrian is going to jump on the pod. Uh, This is to talk about how to actually get started. So if you are starting out for the very first time in an exercise program or you're coming back to exercise after a long time away or after having kids, um, how do you actually do it? Where's the best place to start so that you don't injure yourself or so that you don't go like Sarah and I have always done Mm -hmm. so many times, hell for leather for a few weeks, and then it is such a shit experience that you just don't want to do exercise ever again. We want to avoid all that. Absolutely. Um, so AJ's got some suggestions for how to actually begin. Woo! Can't wait. Love oh, you. I love you too. I'll see you here. Yes. Next week. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>